Hi guys, this is the Worship and Word Fellowship Podcast. Welcome to another episode. Grab a cup of coffee, take your headphones or earphones, stay connected and be ready to be blessed. Thank you. Yeah, good to have you um, today on our podcast. Um, I just want to introduce our, our guest today, Ibukonlua um, Lijadu Sumi, my very, very good friend and um, brother in Christ as well. Um, multi-talented, um, can't say, can't speak highly enough of him, um, gifted by God in the in the breaking down of the scriptures. And um, if a family man with a wife and a daughter as well, um, um, Sumi, you're welcome on my podcast. Thank you so much, my brother, my mentor, my leader. I appreciate you so much for this rare privilege. It's nothing I take yeah. for granted. I consider it a rare privilege and I really appreciate you for this opportunity, sir. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Welcome on my pod- Welcome to the Worship and Way Fellowship Podcast. Um, we, it's an honor to have you on. I Thank know you. because of the kind of deep insight God has given you into into um, dissecting the Word of God. So today, guys, we'll be looking at um, salvation. If you remember in the first podcast, we look at the origin of man in terms of man being a spirit, soul, and body. And then mm-hmm. in the second podcast, we looked at the fall of man. So how mm-hmm. Adam and Adam fell, and then that resulted in man going through this um, phase of um, struggle. So today we'll be looking at the salvation of man, and that yeah. salvation came up as a result of the fall. And um, Sumi will be answering um, a lot of questions regarding salvation, and we're taking us deeper into the understanding of salvation. So Sumi, um, welcome on board. So the first question I have here is, uh, so um, what is salvation? And what does it encompass or what does it cover? Some say that salvation stops at the forgiveness of sins. So after you've received the forgiveness of your sins, and mm. then the rest of the rest of it, you need to work out your salvation by yourself. Now, mm. all that Christ came to achieve for us was to just to deliver us from sin. Mm. Um, but but we know that salvation is deeper than that. So would you take us through what salvation is in terms of that, uh, in, in, in concept of that? All right. Very well. Thank you very much. I consider it a a thing of a joy to actually bring the word of God to the people of God. I feel that every time you have the opportunity to actually bring the word of God to to the people, it's something you want to do with fear and trembling. And you want to do with humility because this is you feeding the flock flock of Christ. The ones whom Christ laid his life and shed his blood. And so it's a rare privilege of honor. All right, going by the question, what is salvation? All right, a lot of the time when salvation is mentioned, people like to narrow it down to a religious concept. However, beyond uh, religion, salvation is 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 a very secular word. It's a, it's a very secular term in the sense that when you talk about salvation, it's not just a, a subject for a bunch of religious folks to talk about. Everyone needs salvation, all right? And salvation... Is, is a total package, all right? Is, is a is, is a is a big tree with many fruits in it, all right? So when we talk about salvation, for example, someone right now is trying to write an exam, and you know he's saying, oh, you know what? I need to be delivered from fear, all right? Fear before writing the exam, you know, the fear of failure. For someone is is you know is um, is uh, the fear of rejection. For for another person is from condemnation and guilt. From another province, mm-hmm. poverty and lack. And so when we look at salvation from that 
holistic approach from that uh, viewpoint. We understand that salvation, it's not something that has to do only with the forgiveness of sin. All right. So when we go by, uh, I, I like to always, of course, use a scriptural reference. And I like us to look at the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8-9. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8-9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that's not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. All right. And then Corinthians chapter 5, verse 2, 1 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. All right, so when we look at salvation, going by that scripture, we are able to understand that salvation is a total package. And, exa- and before we answer the question of salvation, why exactly do we need salvation? All right, it's something I always, I, I always ask, why do we need salvation? Because you see, I, there's a story I like to tell when I want to address this issue of salvation. There was a time when my daughter was about, you know, I think a few months old. And of course, you know, she was on the bed with me and you know and uh, i decided to go to the bathroom i know uh, our court is very close to my bed so i got into the, into the bedroom and i couldn't find her and i was wondering this is a six month old child i mean i'll be probably like two almost one years old and I, where could she have gone apparently she was under her cough you know she she fell from my from the bed she crawled down from the bed fell under the wow. court. And so she was trying to get herself out of the court, but she was trapped under there. And so being a baby, trying so hard to get out, you know, she got tired and she slept off there. <laughs> so I was looking for her. I was taken aback. I was like, what? As a father, I was, I was, you know, scattered and shattered. I'm like, where could she be? Who could have stepped into the room and, you know, took her and all that? So I decided to do a search of the house. Then I found her there. I found her lying there sweating profusely on the accord. <laughs> exactly explain the concept of salvation. Man, actually, was in perfect alignment with God at the very beginning. All right? He was in alignment with God. But as a result of sin, he fell. He fell. And he was separated from God. All right? So when he was separated from God, God being the father, like I just explained in the story, knew that he needed salvation needed to be saved all right like a child to the father all right the father made a plan so what is salvation salvation is the plan, divine plan of god to reconcile man back to himself into the loving and the romantic relationship that existed between himself and man before the rebellion of sin so that is salvation in a nutshell so that salvation goes beyond the forgiveness of sin all right before man fell into sin what what are the things that he enjoyed before he fell into sin. All right. He had provision. He had unlimited access to the wisdom of God and knowledge. All right. Mm. He had the presence of God. He was in perfect and a romantic relationship with God. Mm. When I mean romantic, all right, the idea that most people, you know, of course, you know, uh, champion today of when you love somebody, you take them to the garden and then you want to enjoy <laughs> them started with God. Mm. When God created man, he placed him in the garden. He could have left him in the jungle. But God, being a very romantic father, being a very, you know, uh, passionate father, placed him in the garden. And so man enjoyed free communication. There was no such thing as record of prayer 
before the fall, before the fall of man, before sin. He never prayed. All right. He merely enjoyed conversation and relationship with God. There was no religion before the fall. Neither Muslim nor Christian. So he enjoyed provision. He enjoyed constant communication and fellowship and intimacy with God. And all of this salvation is about salvation is to restore, to reconcile man to the relationship that he enjoyed for the fall. I love that. I love that. I love that. That um, salvation is God restoring man back to the place, you know, yeah. of relationship and intimacy with, with yes. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I have a, just a follow-up question with that. Um, some of the things that you say, because somebody will be listening now and be saying to themselves that, well, it's Adam that committed a sin, not me. <laughs> I wasn't in the garden, so why would I need salvation when? I, I didn't I wasn't the one who committed the sin in the first place and uh, would we would you a little bit go into the explanation of the concept you know the Bible says that through one man sin came into the world and through another man righteousness came into the world that if you and the Bible, book of Hebrew does talk about that you know when Adam when Abraham paid tight to 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 pay tight to Melchizedek Bible his great his great grandson was referenced as being paid tight yeah. Bible says that Levi was uh, was also Levi also paid tight but we know that even Abraham had not met Levi at that time because Levi was not even born no Isaac was not even born at that time mm-hmm. neither was Jacob born but yeah Bible counts what Abraham doing to be counted the same as his great grandson also doing the same so yes. meaning that he was in Abraham's loin when Bible says um, Levi was in Abraham's loin when he paid tithe, and as a result, it was counted for him for pay tithe. So, meaning that when Adam's loins, when Adam committed sin, and because of that, he corrupted the whole of humanity. And then when Christ yeah. came, when Christ as well, and when Christ became righteous, we also. So, would you go into that concept of letting people know? Because a lot of people question and say, Oh, I was not in the garden when Adam sinned, so why am I going to be, why should I be needing salvation? You know, so. exactly, exactly. You know, uh, this is a very, very important, a very, very crucial and critical question for every one of us to ask in our journey of faith and of course in our journey to be reconciled back to god all right most of the time i I tell people the sin uh you are not a sinner by the virtue of the sin that you committed you are a sinner because you inherited a dna of sin from that that's that's powerful all right you inherited it it wasn't because you are it's not because of the things you do now that made you a sinner it is believed that the name Adam actually means mankind. And how can one man be mankind? Mm. Bible says mm. a seed will serve God and it will be accounted for generations. Mm. So also we can twist that and say a sin, a seed will commit sin and it will be accounted for generations. So now what happens is, for example, in every seed, okay, is the fruit, is the tree. So the concept of seed has always been the way through which God sees. The Bible says, uh, the heaven and earth will pass away, but seed time and harvest, of course, shall remain. So now, if you go by that concept, you'd understand that every man carry in his loins his children. Generations are in that's why it is called generations for a reason. Our decisions, are affected, our decisions are affected by our, our decisions. Our children are affected by decisions we make or don't make, regardless. Exactly. Even I, though they may not be born yet. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the reason it's called generation is because of the gene. Gene ration. Mm. 
All right. Because there is a there is a generation that stems from a gene. All right. Mm. So now when we say that i will give you a story in the scriptures abraham was with god and god told abraham to do certain things to prepare to prepare a, a, a sacrifice or before him and then to put it out and then when abraham put the, the, the sacrifice out a bunch of birds came towards the sacrifice to feed on it and you know what happened? abraham drove them away and god said to abraham because of this singular act your children will be sold into slavery and oppression for 400 years i mean you want to ask what 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 has that got to do with the children so because of a single act of a man a generation four generation is sold into oppression and so this is why salvation is a very very crucial uh thing for all of us to actually consider and embrace all right. because the reason why you're where you are today it's not because of the sin you are not a sinner because of the things you're doing you are a sinner because you inherited you inherited you have an heritage of sin you inherited sin so your nature the yes. nature is sinful the nature of sin the sinful nature from from adam and that's why that's why man does not need to learn how to sin it's, it comes naturally naturally nobody thought nobody teaches children how to lie they just it just comes naturally but then God being wise, God being just, God being fair, thought if sin came into the world through one man, all right, sin righteousness must come, of course, through one man, all right, so that God, all right, can, can I mean, so that is the righteousness of God can be received as a free gift, all right. So when what happened is because we were in Adam, we inherited the sinful nature. And so when we come into Jesus, we'll become the righteousness of God in him. And so that is why... Uh, when, we, when we believe into Christ, Abi. Yeah. Yes, when we believe, yes. When we come to accept and we believe in Christ and we are baptized, all right. So we're still going, I know we're still going to talk about the, you know, the, the, the different births. All right, the spiritual birth yeah. and the and, and the physical yeah. birth. All right, so by the virtue yeah. of our physical birth and generational birth, we were born into a life of sin. All right, so mm. child need not do anything to become a sinner. Mm. And so that is why the, the the anchor scripture we read in Ephesians says it is not by works. So it is not by your work that you became a sinner. And it will not be by your work that you would also become righteous. Okay, sin was credited into your account because you came from the loins of Adam. And so that is why you need salvation. All right, so that is why some say, oh, I have not done, but you but you, you know that because of the DNA of sin, the sin, nature of sin that you have inherited, you need actually a second birth. Mm, mm, I love that. I love that. I love that. <laughs> this is interesting. I love the way you've, um, the angle you've come from about that scene being a, it's, 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 it's nature. It has become our second nature. Yes. And that because God detests that and God had to bring a substitute in terms of be, to be able to correct that. So uh, that's powerful. Exactly. Um, I'll just go to the, I'll go to the third question now because a lot of people have, a lot of people will ask that. So then what was the point of Christ going on the cross? Mm. Like what's the, What's the thinking mm. behind going on the cross? Mm. How can how can just one man being on the cross be responsible for saving the entire world mm. or for leading us to forgiveness of sin? And that you know that 
and I know that in the Bible that we know that when Eve sinned, one of the primary reason why she ate of the fruit was that she declared that this fruit was one to make one wise. Mm. So there was that pride of like that idea that I want to get this wisdom that makes me even wiser than God. Mm. And that for man to be saved, God introduced the foolishness of the cross. And that's mm. why Paul talks about the foolishness of the cross yes. to confound that wisdom, that wisdom. the wisdom of man that made him think that, oh, I need this, that makes me wise. Mm-hmm. Rather than, you know, for you now to actually be saved, it will, be t- it will take the foolishness of the cross so that nothing will come from you. It will come from you just believing singly on Christ being on the cross, even though it doesn't yes. make any sense to any logical man. And that, you know, it doesn't make any sense to any logical man. And that Mm -hmm. not only that, that because also man ate of the tree. Mm -hmm. So -hmm. Christ had to go on a tree Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. as a a symbol of that. So would you just go um, dive into that a little bit for people to understand why Christ had to go on the cross, why he had to be the death of the cross and why um, he had to be that that, that way and why God chose that, that way as well. Thank you. All right, very well. Thank you so much for the question. This is also another very interesting question that at some point we would all have to answer. Why did Christ have to go to to the cross? First of all, we need to establish here that the book of Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says that for the wages of sin is death. All right. Sin in whatever form is punishable on the law. And the wages of sin is death. All right. Bible made us understand that Except by the shedding of blood, there is no atonement for sin. All right. So now, when we talk about why Christ has to go to to, to, the, to the cross, because the, as a result of the sin that was committed, all right, there needed to be a way. You will see that in the beginning, when Adam and Eve became naked, God actually had to slit, I mean, kill a lamb. All right. In the garden, and mm. it took, to it took mm. the, 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 the fall of the lamb mm. to make a clothing for them. You know, after the scene, Adam and Eve went and, you know, eat themselves and cover their nakedness with, with, uh, with leaves. However, God mm. came and then killed the lamb and used the fall of the lamb to cover their nakedness. And that's a symbol of what he was going to do for mankind. Mm. Mm. which is he needed God being a very just God and being a, a God who, res, who is no respecter of man, all right? But a God of principle, all right? Being a just God had to ensure that the sin of man is punished. Mm. All right. And I, I, I give this example, all right? When your child, you've seen men, earthly men, not even God, when their child commits a terrible offense, Okay, I, I mean, mm. a terrible offense, and the child needs to be punished. The father won't say, Oh, uh, because of what the I mean, I've seen situation. Let's say you, you have a baby, and the baby is walked, you know, towards um, the baby is walking off the cliff, all right, or walking towards the fire. You know, the impulse of the father gets into you and you grab that child, even though the child may not need they, they know you don't know they need saving, saving. Mm. But you save them regardless because you are the father. It is not because of anything the child has done. As a matter of fact, many times you override what the child has done and ensure you save the child before you before you visit. Okay, before you visit whatever uh, sin they have committed, you want to save them first because it's it's in you as a father to preserve your offspring, to preserve your seed. 
And so the same for God. God, man came from God. He became a living soul by the breath of the Almighty. And as such, it is an extension of God. And so to, to as a father, imagine you see, you, you, I mean, you see another person, a, a criminal, hijack your son, and they begin to brainwash your son, and they begin to reprogram your son. No father in his right frame of mind will stand still, stay back, okay? Stay back and do nothing. You would want to intervene and ensure that you rescue back your son. You want to make sure you rescue back your own heritage, your own, you know, loss which is your child. Although you would need to revisit back whatever the child did to get them into the hands of the, uh, of the, of, of the criminal. All right? But you mm-hmm. ensure, you, you want to reprogram your son. You want to ensure you punish the sin by re, and as a re, way of reprogramming your son back to righteousness. Mm-hmm. All right? So there is a programming. And so what God does is to ensure that the sin is punished in it, it, you know, he didn't put the body, all right, of 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 sin, of the salvation of man, of the of the uh, of the atonement of sin on man. He placed that body on himself to show you how much he loves man, to show you how much God is a loving man. He didn't put the body, all right, of the atonement of a man's sin on him, on on the man. He placed the body for the atonement of the sin of man on himself as the Father. Yes. Yes. Wow. And so what he did was to put himself in the form of man and go on the tree. Because being a just God for, for, for the atonement of sin, there must be yeah. a remission yeah. of there must be There must be blood, the shedding of blood. Mm. And so what God did was to pay the price for sin, which is death. The wages of sin is death. And so God went on the cross to ensure that that payment is paid in full. Good, 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 good. And so he gave his son in exchange. I've seen this scenario played out many times in movies where a rich man, uh, a very wealthy man, uh, you know, his son is in trouble and he's supposed to be killed. Maybe he was sentenced to death. And the man, what he does is to pay and have someone stand in exchange hmm. for his son. And so that's practically what God did. God hmm. exchanged, all right, man. Yeah. And he put his son on the cross that the, that the wages of sin may be paid in full. And so that man can come to him without guilt, can be reconciled back to him without guilt, mm. without condemnation. That's why the book of Romans says there is therefore no condemnation. Mm. Mm. Thank so you. that is why Christ had to go to the cross. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. That was, that was very... Um, thought-provoking i will just go on a quick um 60 second break and then we'll be back yes. on the on the podcast I will trust 
Welcome back, guys. Uh, welcome back, guys. Um, we just went on a 60-second break. Um, it's been very, very interesting so far. And Sumi has been answering all our questions about salvation. And now we're going to the fourth question and um, I want Sumi to answer. And um, you've spoken about uh, why Christ went on the cross. You've spoken about uh, how, how man gets entangled in sin. And you've spoken about what salvation is. So now that Christ has gone on the cross and has died for our sin, how do we partake of his death on the cross, seeing that we're not the ones mm. that died? People will be like, well, I'm not the one who died on the cross. How can I then partake of that? How can, what can I do then to experience the victory that Christ has experienced on my behalf? Mm. Mm. That's a very, very interesting question. And this is what gives me joy about embracing the new life that we have in Christ Jesus. I mean, this is, this is the good news. All right. This is the good news. This is what the good news is about. All right, that we now have a new life in Jesus. All right, the Bible says we are now the partaker of the divine nature. All right, we partake of the divine nature that was purchased for us. All right, by the blood of Jesus Christ. You say you ask the question, or how do I partake? I'm not the one that committed the sin. I mean, I'm not the one that you know died. How am I able to partake? All right, you are also not the one that committed the sin at the very bit, the original sin. You inherited it. And how did you inherit it? Because you were born into the family of Adam. All right, you inherited the sin, not because of what you do now, but because you were born into the family of Adam and you inherited the nature of sin from Adam. And also, God being a just God, for us to be able to partake of the death of Christ, the book of John, chapter 1, verse 12 says, As many that believe, he gave them the power to become the sons of God. So by the virtue of that, we are able, I will, I will address this issue on, 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 on four B steps. I call it to partake of this debt. First of all, you need to believe. All right. Believe. You need to believe. One of the first thing you need to do is to believe. And the book of Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 10 says that, that if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus, mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Mm. All right, so the first step to actually partaking of his death is first of all to first of all accept that indeed you inherited the nature of sin. Because of course, where there is no where you don't admit there is a problem, then you can't solve the problem. A problem can only be solved. The first step to solving any problem is to admit that there is a problem. Admit that indeed you inherited the nature of sin from Adam. Admit that indeed you are dead to sin and you need to receive a new life in Christ Jesus. And so when you first of all admit the sinful nature that you inherited from Adam and the recklessness and where you are, then you are able to come to terms with what Christ has done. His finished work on the cause of Calvary. The, the full payment that he made on the cause of Calvary, the wages of sin that he paid on your behalf when he died and he rose again. So first of all, you need to believe to be able to partake. If you, what you don't believe, you can receive. All right. So you need to first of all, believe that indeed this was done on your behalf. Just like you believe that you inherited the nature of sin from Adam. You must first of all believe that after you believe, you don't stop at just believing. 
all right you must be baptized all right you must be baptized the first b is to believe the next b is to be baptized romans 6 verse 3 romans 6 verse 3 says do you not know that as many of us that were baptized into christ jesus were baptized into his death therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father even so we should walk in the newness of life all right one of the ways we're able to receive spiritually the newness of life that we are that christ purchased through his blood is to be baptized into his death so when you believe then you take the next step of being baptized into his death and when you are baptized then you are able all right, to receive and to walk in the newness of life that he has made available by his by death. His, yeah, yeah, good. Resurrection. Yeah. Thank you. And so, so you don't just also talk about baptism, then you move to belonging to the body of Christ. All right, you can be baptized and not belong. It is in the belonging to the body that you are able actually to be reprogrammed, okay, to be taught, to be nurtured, all right in the way and then when you belong then you become like him you move from belonging belonging to the body to discipleship where you are taught to become like Christ Jesus where you come into maturity into the maturity in the in the stature of Christ and so that is actually how we are able to partake of his death how we are able to partake of all that is death accomplished for us on the cross of Calvary the newness of life the restored relationship with God the abundance of provision all right it says these signs shall follow them that believe the sign the life of signs and wonder all right when you believe these signs follow you then you are able to also you know uh, walk he said, we know, he said, we are completing him. Who is the heir of all principality and power? There is a completion that happens when you believe and you accept all that Christ purchased on the cross of Calvary. That's how you partake of his death. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. And just to add from what um, Sumi said, um, it's important just to clarify that. Um, in Sumi talking about baptism, so in the Hebrew yeah. language, um, in um, the Greek language for baptism, means to be immersed mm-hmm. in something. So it means to be wholly immersed in something. That's what the baptism means. So it means that if you're immersed in water, that thing covers you. That's your baptized. You can be immersed. You can be immersed in mud water. You can be immersed in the clothes. You can be immersed in a person. But baptism means to be immersed. So there's baptism onto water and there's baptism onto Christ. So being baptized into Christ means you're now immersed in Christ. And that's what Paul mm-hmm. was talking about, that you get immersed in Christ. And as a result of you being immersed in Christ, you you then partake of you know of his righteousness and that and that immersion happens when you believe unto christ when you take on that exactly. that is is died for you and on the cross and then you can still go on to do the baptism unto water which is a symbol of your believing that you've been immersed in him as well and then um so as even as we come to um round up gradually um we're coming to the end of our questions um i, I have another question here about regeneration so my understanding of regeneration mm. means, uh, and and um, the best passage that helps me is the book of John verse 3, where Jesus starts with Nicodemus, and Nicodemus asks Jesus, what does it mean to be born again? And Jesus said to him that whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever flesh. is born of the spirit is spirit. Meaning that, spirit. The, like you were saying that the reason why we are, we are, we are, the reason why we are sinful is because we are born of the flesh. By nature, the flesh is sinful. 
So Paul, yes. Jesus was then pointing to now that whatever is born of the Spirit is Spirit, meaning that you can be born spirit. of the Spirit. And my understanding of regeneration means to be born of God. So I just mm-hmm. want you to go mm-hmm. and deeper a little bit into that of what it means to as Christian, because now we've spoken about Christ on the cross. We've spoken about how we partake of that death on the cross and the resurrection. But after the resurrection, we receive a life. At regen- mm-hmm. We receive a life. That life regenerates us. And exactly what is that what is that life that we receive what is regeneration what is that life that we receive a generation what does the life do for us all right very very powerful very profound i mean this is one of the things that that excites that you know excites that encourages that lifts you up as a as a believer in christ jesus that regeneration in other words means rebirth okay mm-hmm. there are two births. yeah i mean the first birth is the physical birth by the order of adam yeah where we inherit sin all right and the second birth is a spiritual birth all right so the first birth we inherited sin the second birth is spiritual is holy is heavenly all right and so when we talk about regeneration we're talking about the newness of life we have in christ on account of our renouncement of the old life mm. renouncement of all right and regeneration in Christ Jesus. So when we talk about regeneration, we are talking about being born, all right? Being born again, mm-hmm. right? When we hear the concept of being born again, it doesn't mean that the man needs to go into his mother's womb again, like Nicodemus was asking. It's to be born again, to be born again, to be born of a new spirit. We know that man is a triune being, all right? Meaning that he is a spirit who has a soul and lives in the body. And so when we talk about rebirth, we're talking about the regeneration of our spirit. Mm, true. Correct. All right. The rebirth of our spirit. All right. Nothing happens to you when you when when you give your life to Christ and you come in again, born again. Nothing happens to you on the physical. Okay. Nothing happens to you on the physical. Mm. All right. But something happens. There's a regeneration in your spirit, man. Mm. Something happens to you inside, and then it is from inside out. Okay, mm-hmm. so when you come to the new life, newness of life in Christ Jesus, it's a new life from within, from your spirit. Mm-hmm. And then, as you begin to understand what this connotes, what this means, what this represents for you, mm-hmm. then all the um, there is a there is this there is a prosperity of your soul. He said, "I wish above all things that you prosper, even as your soul prospers." And then there is also the prosperity of your soul because of what has happened mm-hmm. by the by the of the rebirth. Of your spirit so the regeneration simply proves is man because man in his natural state is actually dead in trespasses and in sin mm. until he's made a life regenerated by christ mm. okay and this happens when we place our faith in christ jesus it happens when we put our total faith in him. We believe in what he has done. We accept that we need we need salvation. And then, you know, we, we by the virtue of our Adamic nature, we inherited a life of sin in the physical and also in the spiritual. And so we come to Jesus Christ and we accept all that he has done for us. You know, and then there is a regeneration of our spirit. And then we are reconciled and restored back to that relationship where we can call God Father again. All right, where we are no longer, you know, because sin came into man because of his interaction with rebellion, the mm. rebellion of, of, of the devil. Mm. And that's why you see that they say uh, evil communication corrupts good manner. Mm. Adam and Eve were regarding, and just because they have interaction and communication with the, the personality of rebellion, which is Lucifer. It, it corrupted 
their good manners. It corrupted the life of God. The the truth was twisted. All right, the devil twisted the truth. That's why I mean, the lie most of the time may not be outright. You know, may not look like a lie, but it could just be a twist of the truth. And so that's what the devil does to them, and they were, you know, deceived. And when they were deceived, then the the the, the nature of God and them, because believe in me, I mean, believe me, trust me. At the very beginning, man was actually had the life of God in him, and that's why he could name all the animals without being tutored. Mm. That's why he formed in perfect harmony with nature, with all the animals. Mm. He was never living in fear. He was there was no fear recorded. He, 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 man had no understanding of fear. In the beginning, he had no understanding of lack at the very beginning. Right. Everything he needed was well provided for. Mm. He, he, he knew nothing about struggle. So, but after sin, I mean, sin introduced all of this into the life of man, and man was created to live forever, not mm. to die. But it was sin that placed this huge burden on him, and we know that the wages of sin is death, and so. But as a result of all that happened in the at the very beginning, man needed to be regenerated, to be rebirth, to be to be born again, and so and that's what happens when we accept Jesus Christ and we place total faith in Him and His finished work on the cross of Calvary. We are reconciled and restored back to the life we used to have, the life of God. And so, in Christ Jesus, we are baptized into the newness of life. Wow! Of wow. God. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's so powerful. That's so powerful. Yeah. And um, just to add to what Sumia said there in terms of the life of God, because we have this life. That's why when Paul said that, oh, if any man be in Christ is a new creature, what he was referring to new creature. was not was not looking at us and saying, oh, we are just a new creature because Christ died on the cross, but, but because we have received this life. And that life exactly. is so potent, it turns a man into a new mm. creature completely. And that it was, that was it was the potency of this life that John was speaking about when he said that whatever is born of God cannot sin. He was not looking at our ability to lie and all of those. He was looking at the life strictly and saying that this life that God has given you, if you if you if you engage the life enough, whatever is born of that life cannot sin. There's no ability, there's no appetite to sin. As a result of that life, there's no appetite to live to sin because that life is the exactly. life. And that's what regeneration means. Like Sumi has pointed out that yeah. we receive the life exactly. of God himself, and it's only that life that can overcome our flesh. And that's why God did not try to save our flesh. You know, the Holy Spirit said that I will no longer strive with, with man because he has become flesh. It was pointless for the Holy Spirit to continue to correct man and say, Do this, do this, because now it was in the flesh. So God, in solving our problem, decided to give us his life. And that's why we can say that we can do all things through Christ because we are talking from the point of that life from that life exactly. that life enables and yes. enables us to because that life is christ himself the, the life-giving spirit and that's why we can see that exactly. christ in me the hope of glory we are referring to that life in us because christ now lives in us and lastly in bible us. says that he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world referring yeah. to that life yeah. again that we receive that regeneration in terms of mm-hmm. um and christ thank you so much there to me for for that uh and then and one and two more questions there so the, the second to last question so is it possible to receive we know we just talked about this life out that uh, whatever is born of god cannot sin and uh we, we've spoken about how potent this life is you can we are supposed to live a victorious life as a result of this life we're supposed to live an overcoming christian life we're supposed to live far above sin we are supposed to be yes. 
easily be able to live because of the life that God has given to us? Or is it possible to receive yes. this regeneration or be saved and still not learn to overcome mm-hmm. sin and still not learn to, to overcome? And you know, we yes. see in the book of 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1, verse 4, that Paul was talking to the Corinthians church where he said that, Oh, I bear you witness that you are filled with wisdom. And he spoke about great things about them. But yet in the Corinthians church, they struggled with different... Mm-hmm different types of sins. Somebody sleeping with the mother and there was contention. Some said, I belong to Apollos. One said, I belong to Jesus. And that said, I belong to Paul. There was contention among them. There was strife among them. But yet, we can see the move of God even in the Corinthians church that they were still strong Christians. So, is it possible for believers you know, to be regenerated and still be living in sin and not coming to the fullness of the victory of the life that they received um, in Christ Jesus? Absolutely. I absolutely You know, what happens to us when we come to the newness of life in Christ Jesus is it's in our spirit, okay? And then there is a war, okay? Like, I like to make this example. At the very beginning, okay, man had the life of God in him. And he knew not, he had no understanding of what it means to sin, okay? Mm. He, He didn't know what it means to sin because it was not a programming in a system. He didn't know how to sin. He needed the interaction with the devil, okay, to be able to learn sin, to be able to acquire the life of sin. And so also it is with the new life of in Christ Jesus. That same man that knew nothing about sin at the very beginning, that acquired the life of sin and the sinful nature by his interaction with the personality of rebellion, which is Lucifer, the devil, also need to take intercognition the same process you can see you can be born again you can and you still continue because of the adamic nature is there and has not been terminated mm-hmm. however what how you are able to come into the newness of life and begin to walk it says we are to walk in the liberty okay mm-hmm. you can you can the liberty can be purchased for you but you might decide not to walk in it mm-hmm. true true decide that that you don't want i mean there are situations where there, let me give you an, an, another analogy uh you've a, a, a lion has been tied up in a, in a cage for so long for maybe almost all of his life okay or less uh he's been uh, an elephant has been tied to a small tree all of his life and he has stayed there for so long and even when he's set free mentor there is a there is a mental construct that ties that thing mental slavery that ties that thing yet to that to that place mm. and that's why the Bible calls us to the renewal of our mind mm. Mm. he said be transformed he said the changing okay mm. see the changing the, the alignment the perfect alignment of your spirit with your flesh would come when you transform mm. by the renewing of your mind Okay, you it is your responsibility to do the transformation of the renewing of your mind. There was a, the story of the prodigal son, okay, when he took everything and he went away and squandered all of his wealth. The Bible said he came to his senses. Mm. <laughs> and when he came to his senses, he said to himself, How many of my father's slaves lives a life of abundance and a life of wealth while I am here feasting with pigs? But you know that. He didn't have to stay there for so long. He didn't have to wait till he started feeding with pigs before he could, I mean, return home. He could have actually returned home as soon as his, as soon as he, he, he finished squandering the wealth and returned home. 
but because he stayed longer in sin, the sin reduced him to a man that started feeding with pigs. And that's what happened. Even though you give your life to Christ and you continue in sin, that thing would further reduce you. Even though you now have, you have been, you are now born again. But it's, it's your responsibility to come to your senses to now walk in the liberty that has been purchased for you by the cry, by the blood of Christ Jesus. And how does that happen? You are being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Say, so be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Because there is a conformity that can come. You can, you can be born again and yet you can conform to the world. But the transformation of your spirit, body, and soul happens when you renew your mind. Because you see, that's what, exactly what happened when Adam and Eve had an interaction with the devil. Their mind were renewed by the word of the devil. Mm. <laughs> the devils interacted with them. They had a communication. So your communication with the world is how you are able to transform. Your intimacy with the word of God is how you are able to transform yourself, transform your body, your flesh, to align, to you, to your regenerated spirit. Mm. <laughs> so powerful. <laughs> I love this. I love this. And if you don't do that, you may, I mean, you may have that newness of life in your spirit, but then it won't show your profiting will show. That's why the Bible says in the book of Matthew 5 16, say, Let the light therefore shine before men that they may see your works and glorify your father in heaven. It is your responsibility to say, be transformed, is to, to, to renew your mind. Say, study now to show yourself approved unto God. No, not to man. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the works of truth. It is by taking the work of a, David was saying, How shall a young man make his way clean? By taking heed of your word. Yeah. How do you yeah. yourself of the life of sin? He says, By taking heed to your word. He said, Your word have I heed in my heart that I may not mm. sin against you. Why is he having <laughs> to do that? He believed in God. Why did he need mm. to still take the word of God and put in his spirit? Why? he said in order for you not to to deprogram the life of sin that's already in your flesh and your flesh has become accustomed to you need to reprogram it Mm. there is a reprogramming that is required for you to for your body to be able to align to your regenerated spirit and that happens when you take the word of god and you feed it to your flesh to your mind to your body spirit and soul and that is where the transformation comes wow wow Thank you so much. Thank you so much for you've really <laughs> you've broken that down so 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 well in terms of the transformation of the mind. Transformation actually in Hebrew means metamorphosis. You see now a caterpillar. You see how, how a butterfly metamorphoses exactly. into a caterpillar. It's complete transformation. Exactly. You cannot you cannot recognize a butterfly when it becomes a caterpillar. And it's the same way Bible says that be transformed by the renewing of that. We, would, we will not be recognizable after we have been renewed like Sumi has said yeah. I love that I love that exactly. I love that yeah and then to the last question um, is and there are twofold in the sense that is it possible for a believer to live in complete victory over sin over over reproach over you know a complete vict- victorious life and then the yeah. second two, the two of them you can answer together and if yes how do we as believers, I know the Bible says, how do we then enter into this victorious living? Bible says that mm-hmm. if you walk by the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So I know, flesh. I, believe that, I believe that yielding to the Holy Spirit is one, is 
one of the major way of cultivating that life in us and that life being Absolutely. the holy ghost inside of us when he guides us that we completely yes. yield because yes. in god's economy the principle of growth is different from the world's economy and yes, that exactly. we must learn that the holy spirit is a government and as a government Absolutely. there are principles there are laws so that when the holy spirit is guiding us and a lot of us don't don't realize that sometimes because we have received this life that is in us it is that life mm-hmm. in us that is that the Holy Ghost is using to guide us. Sometimes yeah. we're waiting for a voice to speak to us. Sometimes we're waiting for a handwriting on the wall. But then you have okay. your word, the word of God saying to you that thou shalt not do this or, or God ministering to you through his word. Yeah. It's the same thing God's still speaking to you. So I just want you to, you know, answer those two fold questions and uh, how people can enter into this victorious life. All right. All right. If you can answer that in the very, our time is yes. running out. So if you can answer that quickly. The book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 11, so we overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our enemy. They love not their lives unto death. Okay, so you see, it's a twofold thing. He said, We overcame by the blood of the Lamb. That is the role that Jesus Christ played to walk mm. in, to, to live a victorious life. That is what is a, is a twofold thing. It's a, it's a two dimensional thing. Mm. There is a role that God plays, which is the blood of His Son. But it says we overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. All right. He said, by mouth, man made confession unto salvation. Okay. Mm. So now, how do you walk in the victory? Victory has been purchased by for you through Christ Jesus. First of all, you must, you need to know, you need to have knowledge of this victory. Mm. See, my people perish because they lack understanding. To walk in victory, mm. you need to, already you have victory mm. in Christ Jesus. So when you know that you have the victory in Christ Jesus, when you know what has been written in the will for you, you are able to actually take advantage of what has been written. Mm. All right. So when you know, it is it is absolutely possible to live a life above sin. All right. It's just, you know, it's like most of the time now we are, we are, we are more. See, I'll give you an example. When Jesus Christ met the woman, uh, the, the woman that was caught in the act. Okay. When you, you will see that a lot of the time, more, many of our churches preach more sin than they preach grace. Only of late, we start seeing a lot of people preaching grace more. When Jesus Christ met the woman that was caught in the ark, what did Jesus Christ say? What? I said, where are the people who judge you? Jesus Christ didn't even judge the woman. You know why? Because the cure for a life of sin is not judgment. Mm. It's not summarizing. It's grace. Mm. Jesus Christ, guilt is the cure for grace, not any form of correction or judgment or anything. Jesus ministered grace to the woman. And you will see in the story of the prodigal son, when the boy was returning home, what did the father do? The father ran towards him. Mm-hmm. The father didn't say, oh, you, you, you did this, you did that, you did everything. You will see, if you look at that story, if you look at that story, there were three, three visible voices in that story. The voice of the father, the, bro- the voice of the brother, and the voice of his elder brother. The elder brother represents religion. Mm. Okay? The father represents complete romance and love of God. The father. And the brother, the, 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 the return represents the, the, the rebellion. Mm. But when when he came back to his sense and he returned home, the love of the father was waiting. But it was religion that was saying, "How can you let this boy come back after everything he has done?" It's religious religion that tried to judge. 
Mm. It's never the way of God to judge. When Christ met the woman at the world, the woman was referring to religion. It's on this mountain that we worship God. It's on that mountain. Jesus Christ said to her, said to her I, have, I have come so that you don't have to go to any mountain. Mm. I'm here with you. I cultivate intimacy with you. I, I, mm. I intimacy Spirit and in truth. Mm. Yes, spirit and in truth. So when we, that's what David said. David said, he said, your word have I eaten in my heart that I may not sin. The way we can live a victorious life over sin is to keep the word of God perpetually in our spirit. Mm. For us. Mm. All right. Because he said, he said, he said a new law I've made, I've, I will write my law in their hearts. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is the way we are able to enforce our victory. Even though Christ has purchased the victory, you may not walk in the victory if you do not know. You have to be aware of the victory. You have a responsibility to walk in the victory. You have a responsibility to walk out of salvation. And how do you walk out of salvation? By studying the word. You study the word. You, you meditate on the word. You feed the word. You feed on the word. You, eat, you, eat, you, you confess the word. Okay, you, you you confess the word, you believe, you confess. When you you say by, by, by the mouth, you confess unto salvation. So we are able to live a life of victory in Christ Jesus if we first of all understand what has been done for us and we embrace to what has been done for us, and not just embracing, we walk in what has been done for us, we confess what has been done, and so we are able to live in the perfect law of liberty. Mm. And live a Correct. victorious life above sin. Yeah, love that. I love that. I love that. This is this has been so so powerful. And just to add to what Sumi said that about knowledge, you know, the book of First Corinthians two twelve says that we have not received the spirit of the world, but the mm-hmm. spirit of God, that we may know the things that have been freely given unto us. We know. So, so that we may know so it is important to know and we know by the spirit of God. We have received the spirit of God that we may know. So the spirit of God. But that's what Jesus said. He said, I will send my spirit that he might teach you all things. So we know by the yeah. spirit of God and we, the only way the spirit of God can teach us is for us to go into the world. All right. Can, I, can, I, if, can, I, can I quickly have this? That most people yeah. are sin conscious that they are grace conscious. Mm. Okay. And whatever you, 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 are, you are conscious of, whatever you pay more attention to grow. You feed, yeah. You feed. So many people can, t- they can give analysis of sin, but okay. Tell us about grace of God. No matter mm. how great your sin is, it can't outweigh the grace of God that you receive as a gift. The mm. personality of grace is Jesus Christ. No matter mm. how your sin you have committed in the past, you're committing now, you will commit in the future, it cannot be greater than what Jesus Christ has done. So the earlier you start to embrace what Christ has done and you start to accept it and you start to walk in it, you start to confess it, you start to see the reality and the possible, and you begin to, you know, walk in it, you will not be able to actually enjoy the victory that, that, that is bought, blood has purchased. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that addition, Sumi. Thank you so much. Yeah, that, that was powerful. And just saying, just to retreat what Sumi says that it is the same thing Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So the more, it's what you feed. So if you feed on God's righteousness, on his grace more, the more you do that, the more you confess it, the more you believe what Christ has done for you, the more you become that thing. Bible says we exactly. all with unveiled face, beholding like in the mirror, the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ are being yeah. conformed. The more we behold in, in, in his word, the more we behold. It's not when we build more of sin. Oh, I've seen, oh, my sin, my sin. It's rather what has he done for you? Focus more on that. And as you do that, and you and as you yield to the Holy Ghost, as, as you yield to the ordinances of the Holy Ghost, as the Holy Ghost leads you, that's very, very important. Mm-hmm. Is that a lot of us receive the Holy Spirit and we relegate him. 
to the background. Exactly. That is a, that's why I said it's a government. It's come there to help us. So when we receive exactly. the Holy Spirit, we don't relegate him to the bottom and say we're exactly. just there. The Holy Spirit is not just for speaking in tongues. No, it's there that's to what lead that's you to that's another addendum yeah. I would love to add quickly. You see, we yeah. have been we have been sent a call just as I am leaving and I will send you another comforter. He, he mm. didn't say it, he said him. Okay, mm. so the Holy is a person that most people don't know. He has come to help them to live the victorious life. The Holy Spirit is the one Absolutely. who leads you to the whole truth. It is by the help of the Holy Spirit you are able to actually walk the Christian life. You can't do nothing without the help of the Holy Spirit. You cannot do anything without the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Okay, mm. it is the only that helps you. It is the comfort that comes and teaches you all truth and leads you in all truth and comforts you and help you to live the life of victory that Christ's blood purchased for you. And so you must cultivate intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You must have a walking, talking relationship with him where you are able to share with him everything. And then he's able to this to you, the power, all right, the power, he said, the power to do all things, okay, the power to live above sin, he said, as many that believe it in it, he gave them power to become the sons of God, that power is what, uh, that is the Holy Spirit, is the person of the Holy Spirit, he said, for the same power that raised Christ from the dead, dwells inside of us, and quickens our mother bodies, quickens our mother bodies, absolutely, absolutely, so powerful, so powerful, and uh, so powerful, as we come to an end of this, always remember, that like come to me and said to cultivate this intimacy you cultivate it in the, in the place of prayer that's where you yes. cultivate your intimacy with the Holy Ghost and never forget when the Holy Ghost speaks to you it doesn't it, it doesn't have to be a voice it could be a witness it bears witness with our spirit it could be just a tiny witness in your spirit and as you learn to yield and obey those tiny tiny um, witnessing the more your intimacy grows and the more you start to hear clearly. So start with those little, little things that the Holy Spirit has been telling you about. Oh, maybe he's nudging you in the night and say, why don't you spend 30 minutes praying with me? Praying. When he's nudging you and you say, no, I'm so tired. That's the Holy Spirit telling you. When he's nudging you and say, oh, you spend too much time watching the TV or you spend so much time on social media today and he's nudging you and say, why don't you spend more time in the world? That's the Holy Spirit. And as you obey, in those little, little things, it will start to show you bigger, bigger things as well. So don't forget to cultivate that that life um, intimacy like Sumi and the Holy Spirit. Thank you so, so much, Sumi, for coming on board. I really, you, really enjoyed really enjoyed and uh, you've blessed us so much uh, it's been so amazing and god you. bless you big time god bless amen. you would you just say a short prayer amen. for for our people before we end up this all right i want to first of all thank you for this amazing work you know doing over there in dublin island the lord continue to increase you continue to increase his work and continue to try to do more and so heavenly father we want to thank you for yet another opportunity to have intimacy with you in your word we want to thank you for the availability of your spirit we want to thank you for all trans we want to thank you for this privilege it is a rare privilege we do not take it for granted we commit each and every one of our listeners into your hands father we ask the lord you will quicken their spirit you would encounter them we ask the lord you will teach them how to fall in perfect love with you we ask the lord everyone who is saying i want to come to christ father we pray the lord you minister to them you will say no one comment unto the father except you draw them father we ask that you draw them to you, Amen. even in close intimacy, you draw them to you like Amen. you draw the woman at the well into a place, Amen. a deeper place of intimacy. Father, we ask that Amen. you draw them and you begin to fill them with your understanding. And Lord, you help them to walk in the liberty that the blood of your son, Jesus Christ, has purchased for them. For in Jesus' Amen. name, we pray. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sumi. God bless Thank you. you. Bye. Thank you. I'll just play this song for a go. Yeah.